here together to worship God and just be in His presence. Amazing things happen. And amazing thing ha- things happen in our lives when we begin to just pause for a moment and focus and reflect upon the goodness of Jesus Christ. That's why communion can be so powerful. It's personal, and it's also something that we do together, we share together, the unity of our identity in Christ Jesus. God is so good, isn't He? He has done some, uh, uh, so many good things in our lives. How many of you could say that He has done some good things in your lives this week? Yeah. We're going to continue our discussion in Joshua and talk about all the good things that God is uh, doing in our lives and doing th- uh, what He's doing through you. So, we'll just jump right into it. We've been doing a Joshua series, and we t- we're taking each week and going through each chapter. So you can head on over to Joshua chapter 13. And we will begin there. And as you're headed over to Joshua chapter 13, I just want to say, uh, man, our FIT team, First Impressions team, is just uh, killing it right now. I really have been having so much fun with them, watching them. Uh, Embrace your friends. You're bringing your friends. We want to make sure to take care of them at the front door, the parking lot. When you invite somebody to church for the first time, that they know that this is a place where they can belong and connect and find friends. It is important that we're, we are a friendly church, in which I believe that uh, God has blessed us with some very, very friendly people, but we also want people to find friends at church. Some of our best friends should be here. Some of your best friendships can be cultivated here, and we are developing a culture of strong friendships and relationships, which I think is very, very, very important And I want to say thank you to those who come early and sacrifice their time to make a connection and uh, create an atmosphere of friendships. Joshua chapter 13, and before I read, I want to pray and dedicate this time to God. Father, this time is yours. Remove everything in this place from our minds that need to be removed. Remove the obstacles, the barriers, the pasts, our preconceived ideas, God, just Eliminate that and help us to be sensitive and open to what you are speaking to us today. By the power of your Holy Spirit, you change our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Jumping right into this, Joshua chapter 13, verse 1. When Joshua had grown old, the Lord said to him, You are now very old, and there are still very large areas of land that need to be taken over. Stop right there. I want you to know there is no retirement age for the Christian. Amen? God is not done with you as long as you have breath in your lungs. There is still something that God has for you. And it is good things. He still has plans for your future. If you're alive today, He has something for you today and for tomorrow. There is nothing in our life that says, okay, God says, I want you to quit at the age of 55, 65, 85, 95. It doesn't matter. As long as you are breathing, God is speaking to you. And as long as he is speaking to you, you have a voice to share with someone else. That's God's voice through you. No matter how we do that, whether it's through our words or through our actions, we have something to do. We all have a part in sharing the goodness of God in our lives. And in fact, the more years that you have in your life, the more good things you have to tell about God. And this is a side note. This really isn't our hovering point of how God uses us in, in all the way through our end of our lives But I think it's just important for us to pause in this just for a moment because you've learned lessons. Those of you who have 
walked in faith with God for many years, you've learned lessons that many of us haven't caught up to yet. You don't fall into those traps of misguided enthusiasm or swayed by popular opinion anymore. It doesn't change your viewpoint of God. You're as true now as you ever have been before. You've learned how to be steadfast and committed and faithful. You've learned what faithfulness really means. You've seen what God can do in your lives. You've, you've experienced God's provision, and you know how to trust Him when the answers come or when they don't. You know how to have patience. These are valuable, treasured lessons that we need to learn from you, and you need to be giving to all of us. And those of you who have considered yourself someone who has had many years with God, God's not done with you yet. And all of those life lessons that you've learned are valuable and they are meant for being useful for instructing others. I encourage you with two things. Number one, those of you who would like to be mentored, seek it out. Find someone and start with coffee. This is what we're talking about. There are, there are people in here who need to be mentored in their life. They need someone to share, someone to walk through life struggles and problems and difficulties and faith and ask questions. You need a mentor. I ask that you seek that out. Number two, those of you who would like to be a mentor, seek it out, find someone and take them to coffee. It's that easy. Mentorship is really just another name for discipleship. Have a mentor, be a mentor. Be a discipler, be discipled. This is what it means, is relationship, friendship, coming together, talking about the Word of God, talking about faith, and encouraging and challenging and spurring each other on in that. You'll be surprised of how much victory comes when you are seeking out a friendship that discusses godly principles specifically in your life. That's growth. Growth happens there. You'll be surprised of how much fulfillment will come when you share your life together with someone else and the lessons that you've learned in life. So that's just a principle that we could all use and utilize in our life that we see from Joshua, that God had many things for Joshua to do, even though he was very old. Continuing, and this is the land that remains, he's telling Joshua. All the regions of the Philistines and the Geshurites from the Shiloh River east of the Egypt to the territory of Ekron on the north, all of it is counted as Canaanite, though held by the five Philistine rulers of Gaza, Ashdod, Ashkelon, Gath, and Ekron, the territories of the Evites on the south, all the land of the Canaanites from Era of the, Sid- of the Sidonians, as far as the Ephek and the border of the Amorites, the area of the Byblos, and the, all the Lebanon to the east from Belgad, Belgad below Mount Hermon to Lebomath. As for the inhabitants of the mountain regions from Lebanon to Mesrepheth, Ma'am, that is, all the Sidonians, I myself, say I myself, will drive them out before the Israelites. Be sure to allocate this land for Israel, an inheritance, as I have instructed you, and divide it as an inheritance among the nine tribes and half the tribe of Manasseh. Joshua has a lot of work to do ahead of him. There is still a lot of territory that isn't theirs yet that needs to be conquered. But not all of it is his responsibility. Not all the battles in your life are yours to fight. There are areas in your life that you just need to simply let go and let God. 
There are areas in your life that only God can take care of and push the enemy out and drive out the oppression or the territory and give you that land of inheritance that you belong, where it doesn't belong to you in any sense of the word. The daughter who's living away from God may not come around because of your words of encouragement. No temp- not all temptation can be won through willpower, but God will give you the power of an advocate. You won't always be able to change your heart towards someone, but God will give you a new heart. You may not have eloquent words enough to share, but God will put His words in your mouth. You see, there are areas in our life that we have to totally rely upon God's provision and rely upon His answer without us trying to provide for God. God told Joshua to count on having victory in the area that they didn't possess yet. This should be speaking to some of us, if not all of us today. The area of success, he says, go ahead and count it as yours before you even go to that land. Don't suit up for battle. You don't have to bring your, 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 your swords, your, your best men. You don't have to send out spies. I'm already just going to tell you it's yours, but are you willing to trust me with what I'm telling you despite what you see? You see, this land was still occupied by the enemy. They didn't acquire it. They haven't obtained it. And the success story wasn't theirs yet. But they did have to trust God for it in advance. He says, go ahead and pursue that land. I'm giving it to you. Go ahead. And what I want you to do is expect me to move in your future. All you have to do is move towards me. And I will already be there. And you will see that there is not an opposition, opposition in that land for your, for your life that I have. It's already gone. You just have to move in faith and know that I am working for you and not against you. So go ahead and take that step further. And count it as yours. That's your future. That's your promise. That's the blessings that I have for you. It's yours. Go ahead and take that. He just tells them, I will do it. He didn't tell them how. He didn't say, this is my strategy. Joshua, you tell the Israelites, I'm going to go ahead and surround them. I'm going to create confusion. And then they're going to spread out from there. He didn't say anything about his tactic. He didn't say anything about his plan. He didn't say anything about what or how he was going to do it. He just said, this is what I will do. Some of us are getting answers from God that says, God's going to provide you in a specific way. And some of us have a hard time believing in that because we like to know what God is doing. In fact, we direct our prayers specifically to what God is doing because we want to know what the plan of action is of God so that we can pray towards what God's plan is. How many of us say, God, I want to know what your plan is. I want to know what your will is. Lord, help me to pray the details and the specifics of your plan. But what if God says, I just want you to move and operate in faith and let me worry about the plan? What if we don't get the answer of how he's going to do it in your life? Are we willing and able to trust him for it? Even in the face of opposition. The Israelites knew that that was the enemy. They knew that the, that the Sidonians, that they had uh, opposed God. That they were idol worshipers. In fact, Jezebel, Ahab's wife, comes from this tribe. 
They hated everything that, that uh, what God represented. They worshipped evil and did terrible practices. They saw the, uh, the, the opposition. They could have felt intimidated and, and they could have seen the hostility towards them. And they could have realized the, the resistance and the confrontation. And they could have said, okay, God, we trust you. But just in case, sometimes, sometimes the hardest thing to do is to let God fight our battles for us. And this is why. Because we have to bypass what we perceive. This is what the Israelites had to do. They perceived one thing, and they had to bypass what they saw as truth to what they knew was truth. They had the difficult job of just sitting back and trusting God's certainty of God's words being spoken to them. To just trust and know that God's words will be their promise fulfilled. Honestly, this is one of the greatest struggles for almost every Christian. To believe in our perceptions or are we willing to walk in God's truth? The Apostle Paul, he urges us to walk by faith and not by what we see. And there's a contrast between truth and perception what we know and believe to be true, and what we perceive to be true. The main reason why many Christians struggle with the lack of faith is that we follow our perceptions of what we think is true rather than what we know is true by our faith. Faith is not believing without proof or belief despite the evidence. Rather, faith is a complete and trust in God that is built up over time, that he has proved himself faithful over and over and over again in your life. And so you're able to walk in a greater sense of faith and trust despite what we may see. God builds us, builds our strength through perseverance, through struggles and trials so that we have a greater faith moving forward in opposition. So when opposition happens, we are able to take God's word just as it is and trust him in in a greater sense of reality in our lives. And all of us, all of us have had past experiences. And are we willing to carry those past victories as Joshua did? The past forgiveness of sins, the past grace, the the past of the provision that God has provided for us, those miracles, those victories in our lives, the answers to prayer that only could have come through God's power. Are we willing to take that and say, I'm going to carry that through into the future and provide an inheritance for not only you, but for your children? Those of you right now that are here that are, that are walking in faith and that are moving towards a new area of faith in your life, you're not providing an inheritance for you. You're providing an inheritance of faith for your children. And it can be a little scary sometimes because it just seems like we're out of control. But that's where faith operates the best is when we don't have the answers. The best way to eliminate faith is to have the answers. And maybe God just wants us To be in that arena of faith just a little bit more, which is a little uncomfortable for us. Because in our natural mind, we like to have faith by what we see. Reverend James Brown of the Evangeline Baptist Church in Louisiana shares an interesting lesson he learned on the subject of trust. And he tells it this way. There is no situation I can get into 
that God cannot get me out of. Some years ago when I was learning to fly, my instructor told me to put the plane into a steep extended dive. I was quite unprepared, unprepared for what was about to happen. After a brief time, the engine stalled and the plane began to plunge out of control. It soon became evident that the instructor was not going to help me at all. And after a few seconds, which seemed like an eternity, my mind began to function, function again. I quickly corrected the situation. Immediately, I turned to the instructor and began to vent my fearful frustrations on him. He very calmly said to me, there is no position you can get this airplane into that I cannot get you out of. If you want to learn to fly, just go up there and do it again. At that moment, God seemed to be saying to me, remember this, as you serve me, there is no situation you can get yourself into that I cannot get you out of. If you trust me, you'll be all right. You might be perceiving that you're spinning out of control and failing and that you don't know what to do and you're failing in fear and worry and anxiety and it's spinning out of control in your life. But in reality, as you make corrections in your life, you will be able to navigate through life's storms ahead of you with more certainty and control because you know how to take control and you realize who's really in control. I think that sometimes we make our life hard by what we perceive as truth, but it's re- in reality, it's not. And having the right perspective could mean the difference between winning and losing. Having the right perspective, changing how we perceive things in our life, means the difference between winning and losing. When Goliath came against the Israelites, the soldiers all thought, he's so big... We can never kill him. But when David looked at the same giant, he said, he's so big, I can't miss. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 2, what we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. It's a new sense of perspective. It's a new sense of eyes that we begin to see that is deeper than what is in the physical. We begin to see something that is spiritually deep truths that is laid inside of you that begin to reveal and open itself up. We begin to see things differently. The Holy Spirit gives us a supernatural perception to discern spiritual truths so that when you see things come in your life, it's no longer just the tangible physical, but you can see a spiritual happenings in your life. And it's being built up in you through the physical. Faith is being built up through the physical where before it would just crush you mentally and emotionally. Now, spiritually, you are being made stronger. The Holy Spirit enables us to comprehend more of God's truth that He's speaking into your mind and our our hearts. The Spirit of God renews us, revives us, and reconfigures our thought process, especially in the area of our future. You as a Christian, as somebody who believes in God, and we say we believe in our future is greater with Him than it is by ourselves. You have a deeper understanding and a perspective of this life. It's no longer this thing of a perception of how long it is. It's really rather short in the span of eternity. No longer are we afraid to die because our perception of life has changed. This is just the beginning. That when you die, it's not truly death, but that's the beginning of life with Christ forever. The perception that changes our reality. 
How do we view our life? How do we view God in our life? 1 Corinthians 2, these things God has revealed to us through His Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. Those deep things, those deep questions, I believe that we seek those out. We search those out. And God will reveal Himself to us in an amazing, profound, supernatural way in your life. Not just the practical. Supernaturally spoken deep down inside of you. Some of the best times of my life with God are those areas where I am calling out to God, oh, I, I don't know. Give me an answer. And there are times where God just floods my heart and my mind at the same time and gives me a supernatural answer. And it's those times of just surrender and saying, God, I don't know. Things that we need to remember is that only God has all the facts. Not us. Do not fall into the temptation of the flesh and try to play play the role of an all-knowing God. You may not know everything that's going on. You may not know how the answer is going to come. You may not know the question of why. And many of us are focused on the why instead of what is going to be given to us. Or how. When God speaks something to you, whether in His Word or through specific divine understanding, go ahead and give God your faith and not your perception. When was the last time that we asked, Lord, to give us a clear vision of what's ahead? Not defining how he's going to do it, but what's the inheritance? What's the promises that he's given you? Opportunities are won and lost by what we perceive. Do we perceive that God is doing a new thing? Opportunities are waiting for us to grab a hold of what's next in our life. In your life, there is a new area of faith that God wants to move you to right now. Today, there is something that is challenging you, that he is speaking to you deeply in your heart, that's saying, I want you to move from questioning how I'm going to do it to, yes, I will do it for you. The opportunity is there. A shoe manufacturer who decided to open a store in the Congo market sent two salesmen to the undeveloped territory. One salesman emailed back, the prospect here is zero. No one wears shoes. The other salesman replied enthusiastically, the market potential is tremendous. Everyone is barefoot. I believe that God has in store for you some amazing victories, some success, and some blessings that are in front of you. Are you willing to trust Him with that before He provides it for you before you see it given to you. Are you willing to trust that that area is yours to have because he will give it to you? Are you willing to trust him? Even if that means doing the difficult thing and just giving it up to God and surrendering and letting God provide the victory for you. Not not figuring it out how God's going to do it. It's that prayer life that says, God, this is an area that I know belongs just to you. And some of us need help. Maybe that could be our prayer. Lord, help me to surrender this over to you. It's keeping me up at night. 
I'm worried about it. I don't know what the answers are. I'm trying to figure it out. That's the area that we need to surrender and say, God, this is yours. Other of us need to begin to trust God in the answers, the provision, and begin to walk into and towards the promises that God has laid out before you. may not be yours yet, but move in that area of faith. God has specifically spoken some direct things into your heart. And the enemy can't have what God has already promised you. Wherever you are, God wants to show you that he's doing something new. And it's our job to put on the right lens. Thankfully, to put on the right lens, we begin to see, we, all we have to do is look to God's word and he shapes how we view our life and the world that we live in. There's two areas in this. We see the giving up and the surrender and there's the pursuing. God isn't telling them to surrender the whole territory for the Israelites, just this section of the Sidonians. That one area. Some of us have gotten in the habit of surrendering everything where we're not willing to walk in faith and participate in the battle and the struggle. And that we are co-laborers with Christ. We must walk in faith, fight the battles that need to be fought, and give up those areas that God says that only He will take care of. There's a balance of walking in faith and fighting the battles and letting God go before us. This is how we are victorious in spiritual warfare. You are in a spiritual battle. You're sitting in that seat right now. There's a spiritual battle. Satan is after your mind and your heart. He is wanting and he desires to devour your faith. Fight back with everything you've got. And to the rest, you just give it over to God. He is doing a new thing. And Isaiah, see, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? Open our eyes. He says, you've got to see this. There is something new that I'm doing in your life. I am making a way in the wilderness, the barren land, where there was no fruit, where there was no vegetation, where there's no life. I'm going to make a spring. I'm going to make rivers run through that. You are going to be thirsty, but I will give you something to drink, and it's my spirit. It will refresh you. It will revitalize you. It will, it will quench your soul. With my spirit, I will give you encouragement. I will give you strength, and I will provide my faith inside that desert place. And in the wasteland, I will be there. Trust God before the answer comes. Move towards the promise before you see it. The result is there before you get there. Trust in the answer, not in your assumption. Consider the source, then trust the result. Make a plan based on the promise and not on the problem. Pursue the agreement and not the arrangement. Line up your perceptions with your faith and not your faith with what your perceptions are. This is a winning, spiritual, fortified attitude. Let your faith guide you, not your eyes. Let's stand together. I want to pray a prayer of faith over us, those of us who need to see 
the outcome as what it is as God's promise and victory. Those areas in your life that have kept you up, that have kept you wondering, that have kept you in a place from moving forward. We're going to fight back today and we are going to move forward. Today you are taking a step forward into that area that God has already promised you and that is the springs of life in the wilderness and the wasteland that you may be sensing right now. The area of life where it feels like it's spinning out of control and you are at a loss and making a correction today will guide you and direct you tomorrow and in that tomorrow he is already there and as we live our life by faith He honors us and blesses us every time. How many of us today need an area of our life that we can just surrender and give over to God and say, God, it's it's in your hands now. And I will pursue the blessings that follow of surrender. Raise your hands to God. And He sees you. We see you. We see each other. And it's a good thing for us to surrender and acknowledge our weaknesses. Because in that, He will strengthen you. Amen? Amen. We are going to pray for God's strength, His supernatural voice to speak deep things, deep truths into your life. And that may just be the peace that comes without understanding. In the scenario or situation of life that you have found yourself in, that you are not by yourself, but God is in fact working a miracle, maybe the best miracle in your life. He is setting you up for the greatest answer He has. Are you willing to trust in God today? Father, we trust You. And if that was the only thing that we said in this prayer today, God, it would just glorify You. Father, we trust You. No matter what we see, no matter what the circumstance is, God, Lord, the anxiety, the worry, the fear, Lord, is not a spirit from You. And so, God, we cast that out in Jesus' name and we take upon the spirit of confidence, the spirit of strength, the spirit of faith in the name of Jesus. We receive what You have for us deep down inside of our soul. We are welcoming You God, in the arena of our lives that we need to trust you in a greater capacity, come, Lord Jesus, fill our minds, fill the gaps, take away the burden and the barrier that is happening inside of our minds. Help us to release that whenever we have those thoughts, God, of word anxiety, that you and your spirit will replace it with your truth that we will never, ever be forsaken by you, that you are working for us and not against us. Help us to trust in your promises and your goodness as a good, good Father. Holy Spirit, soften our hearts to hear God's voice. Prepare our minds to remember the victories. Jesus, let us rely upon your sacrifice and your resurrection to strengthen us and encourage our faith day in and day out. Your mercies are new every morning and we thank you for that. We praise you. In Jesus' name, we take a step forward in faith towards you in a new area of victory. In Jesus' name, we say together, amen, amen.